You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Well, what is going on? Welcome to Gambling with Gold, episode 86. My name is Jason Gold. As always, joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, how are you doing this Wednesday? What up, what up, Jay? Um, doing great, man. We got it one day until the NBA draft comes. And uh, as a Sixers fan, I wish I had more to really get excited about. I'm really banking on the fact that we can trade Tobias or Tobias, yeah, Tobias Harris and uh and Matisse Thibel for in the 23rd pick there. But uh, a lot of exciting teams that have an opportunity to rebuild and uh, get some good talent. So I'm more excited about the 23 draft, but this one's definitely going to have some uh, some good players in it, especially in the lottery. What's the kid from France in the 23 draft that everybody's, you know, Victor, I, I don't remember his last name, but he's just like Giannis meets. I don't know. He just looks like a freak, dude, like seven two, just super athletic can play defense. Kind of looks like Chet, but like a grown man version of Chet, of Chet. The interesting part about that is it seems like there are teams that are potentially angling themselves to be involved in the three more than the two draft, including the team that's picking at number two. Oklahoma City seems like. You know, they don't really release any information from the building, but all reports around the league are that they are trying to go all in for him in the 23 draft, even though the best chance that they would have is only 14%. So create some interesting right. angles and potentially if you think that maybe there's a, a crossover between Victor and Chet, maybe there's an interesting opportunity or two. I don't really know. So we'll get into all of that. I do want to off the top uh, talk about, what the Philadelphia 76ers are going to do. So you have Tobias Harris and you have Ty Bull and 23. What sort of, what do you think's out there right now? What have you heard out there uh, about a potential trade that may happen there? Yeah. The unfortunate thing is that I haven't heard much because I think that the league knows that Daryl Morey is scrambling to try to put pieces together to package a bad contract in, in Tobias Harris, which actually doesn't look as bad now, just, just given the amount of, um, you know, the salaries that have gone up with the collective bargaining agreements. But, you know, he's just not a player that, you know, the winning teams want to covet and pay that money to. This is really about can you find the right suitor that can take on that salary, absorb that, but then also has maybe a chance to be a playoff contending team. And I don't really know who fits that bill right now. I really like the Indiana Pacers. I think he'd be a good fit for them. But I don't know that they want to mortgage what they're rebuilding right now and their opportunity with the six pick in the draft right here to really get a guy that's a lot younger and costs a lot less. So um, haven't really heard much, much candidates in terms of like potential trade scenarios, but I think Matisse Thibel in a 23rd pick is something that might be attractive to some of those lower end picks of, of contending teams that are looking for some defensive help that I think Matisse Thibel as an all defensive team uh, player could bring. And with the 23rd pick, it's, it's not bad value there. So uh, I could see potentially the Sixers probably trying to trade up maybe a few spots if there's someone that they like. Um, a lot, you know, packaging Matisse Thibault as part of that. So if you have Thibault and 23, how high do you think you can get up the draft board this year? Maybe you can sneak into under under 20s. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be that, that significant. Like, it's certainly not going to get them into the lottery. You know, potentially, maybe you could get as high as 16, maybe. But I, I don't think that they're going to... This might be something that drags on into the offseason, and they might have to find... Um, you know, potential trade candidates after the draft happens um, because, you know, Maury's already talked about wanting to offer PJ Tucker three years, $30 million. Where are you getting that money from when James Harden hasn't even signed yet? And he also said he's not taking a significant pay cut. So 
I don't know where the money's going to come from, but they're going to need to free up either by trading Tobias Harris in some form or fashion or uh, getting really creative with their cap or just being willing to pay that luxury tax. That was pretty good for uh, the Golden State Warriors this year. Yep, certainly. All right, uh, let's get into the NBA draft as we're looking at. We'll start off at number one. Before we get to that, talk a little bit about Big Board Showdown that we have. You have until tomorrow to enter. Enter into any contest, and you can be entered to win a Luka Doncic jersey. All you have to do is DM us your screenshot of your league. So please come and do that. That Doncic jersey is sick and signed. Blue memory. Um, you can also play some paid versions of Big Board Showdown. Put as much as you want on the line. I think we have a couple of $20, a couple of $10 contests in there right now. It's a snake draft. You all, So you can have play with a maximum of 12 people. All you have to do is draft six NBA prospects, and you earn points based on where they're drafted in the real-life NBA draft, very similar to our NFL draft product. So hop in there. We'd love it. We're also going to do a daily dozen tomorrow on the NBA draft that actually – I'm going to surprise Dan and throw this up at the end of this podcast and see how many you're going to get right on this Daily Dozen. Um, tomorrow, we're recording that at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6, p- 6 a.m. Pacific. Tomorrow, because your boy's got to go to Seattle on an early flight. I'm about uh, to say 6 a.m. Pacific. What? We get yeah. a real job here, man? We, we, we work in startup life, man. 6 a.m. doesn't exist unless we actually got like, I don't know, I got kid duties to do, but you're actually working, working at 6 a.m. More power Man, to you. I got yeah, I got a little 9 a.m. flight to Seattle, so we're gonna get that one off early tomorrow. All right, dedication. Let's start off. Yes, uh, let's start off at the top. Orlando Magic have the number one pick. Now this has gotten interesting because when this opened, Jabari Smith was the favorite, and then he increased to be a huge favorite. He got up to minus 500. Now over about the last what yep. like three four weeks ago, it's like, do you believe in Jabari as a four minus 400 favorite? And uh, it's crazy how this is as this the scope has really changed. So it got down yesterday where Jabari got down to like minus 160. I decided to bet that. I rebetted it at minus 225 today. I do think there's a chance that well, so the, the rumor was that Orlando had not made a decision and they were potentially wanting to draft Palo. So Palo's odds shot way the hell down. I think he got to like plus one fifty at some point. Yeah, he was now, sixteen. What was he like uh, sixteen hundred? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he got all the way down to plus 160. So looking live right now, let's go over to BetMGM. Jabari Smith now back up to minus 300. DraftKings has him at minus 275 to be the first pick. Palo plus 275 on each and Chet plus 400 on each. So it seems like Chet probably out of the mix right now. Usually if you have this sort of line movement against you at this point, you're probably out of the running, which I guess shouldn't be as Huge surprise given the rotation that the Maverick or the, the Magic have right now. Um, but do you think that Jabari at this point, given the fact that the Lions have moved back towards him, he's a lot, or do you think that Palo is potentially live here? Um, I don't know that I would consider anyone a lock right now out of those three options, but I would say that um betting wise, I think the value personally for me, the value is on Chet only because. I think that he fits really well for what the magic need and similar as well as Jabari. I don't think Paolo um, Bancaro as much just because he's not a defensive minded guy yet. Now, surely he can build into that profile, but right now the, the Orlando magic have a glaring need at the power forward position and Jabari Smith to me, kind of, if I had a player comp, I'd probably give him Michael Porter jr. 
who also isn't a defensive star by by his own uh, admission. But I think it's just his ability to shoot just gives you a game changer at that power forward stretch position, which, you know, I think we saw like Evan Mobley last year uh, took the league by storm as that that stretch four that could also guard multiple positions. And I think Jabari Smith could ultimately do that. Same with Chet. The only problem that I have with Chet betting him is that he never worked out for the Orlando Magic. It seems like his team has been trying to get him to OKC as best that they can. And uh, but I almost think that, like, you know, he's a competitor, too. So I think there's probably a chip on his shoulder that wants to go number one, thinking that he is the best overall player. And, you know, you're going to get more money for that anyway. So um, I think the value at plus 450 to me, like given that I could see a 33 percent opportunity for pretty much any of these guys to go. I'd lean Jabari just because it started out heavy steam towards him going number one. And then it kind of faded back down with the Paolo hype. And now it's gone back to Jabari. If I'm betting it right now, I'm definitely betting Jabari. Um, just because I think that if you look at the build of the magic and what they need, I think he fits and slots in right now. Secondly, it would be Chet. And then third, Paolo. All right. So Jabari Smith minus 275, maybe some value there. Uh, and then Chet plus 400, plus 450, depending on where you're looking at. Maybe a little right. sprinkle there. Nothing yeah. on Palo. So number two pick. So Oklahoma City seems like on the surface, uh, absolutely perfect fit. And we did talk about this probably a month yeah. ago, that yeah. the Chet-SGA-Giddy combo, given all the other picks that they have, is probably a really great nucleus. And I think that Chet obviously wants to go to Oklahoma City. It's the only team that he shared his medicals with. It's the only team that he's exactly really worked right. out for. Yep. So, Chet minus 250 right now to be the second pick in the draft. At some point, this has been much higher. There are rumors out there potentially that they may like Jaden Ivey and create one of the most athletic backcourts in the league with SGA and Ivey. I personally don't see that. Seems like to me that Chet is just an absolutely spectacular fit for what they want to do in Oklahoma City on both sides of the ball. And I do think that minus 250 is probably some decent value still. I think this should probably be closer to 400 or 500. I think you're right. And, you know, as much as I would love to see a, a Jaden Ivey who's drawn comparisons to John Morant, that would be a very explosive backcourt. Um, but because they invested so much in the point guard position and the guard position over the last couple of seasons, I don't see them going that direction. And if you look at Chet, you know, he really tracks to be like a Chris Tapps Porzingis type of guy, a dude that can run the floor. I mean, he has better handles than, than Chris Tapps probably ever will, but um, he he can defend at the at the perimeter. Um, he can close out on bigs and he can shoot the three. So the one thing that I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder have missed over the last several seasons is they've been playing this revolving door of center with Al Horford and now Devin, um, Derek Favors. They really haven't invested that much in the position besides Alec Pokushevsky, who's too small to play like those heavy minutes. I think Chet is like the perfect fit for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It makes too much sense. And obviously the books agree at making it minus 250 you know, stronger odds to go number two than Jabari is to go number one. Uh, I think this one, and especially because the point that you made of them sharing Chet's team, sharing the medicals with Oklahoma city. Uh, I think he's pretty much just right in his path there. All right. So we got Jabari one Chet two. I know that we're staying, you know, vanilla, but I think the last two days has really been just a lot of smoke screens and throwing things in the market. Exactly. But I, it seems like right. this is still, this is still Jabari Chet Palo. And then figure it out. Speaking of which, so yeah. the third pick, Palo is minus three fifty at DraftKings right now. Chet plus six hundred, Jabari plus six fifty, Jay Navi plus nine hundred. Now Ivy's been a little rumored here too. Again, 
could, could legitimately create the most athletic backcourt in the NBA with him and Jalen Green. However, this seems like all along this has been Paolo. He's the perfect fit. They got rid of Christian Wood in the trade to the Mavericks. Seems like Jalen Green and Paolo would work pretty well together. Obviously, they'd be an offensive force. Um, do you see that happening where Paolo, maybe we're getting some value at minus 350 versus he was at minus 500 two days ago? Yeah, uh, I, I think that that would be the value. Um, I, don't, I don't see it. It's only going to get worse, obviously, if Jabari and, and Orchek go off the board. Um, I think the highest you could probably go is is to Oklahoma City Thunder, but I still feel like Chet is the is the optimal landing spot there. And Bancaro, as you stated, you know they traded Christian Wood. I think that opens up power forward minutes for for Bancaro right off the, right at the onset because Alperen Sengun, their the Houston Rockets last year's draft pick was didn't get enough minutes, but in a per per forty eight per thirty six minute basis, this dude was a contributor, very high IQ player. And I think if you have him as the five, slot in Bancaro as the four, you have a really exciting uh, offensive scoring unit there with Kevin Porter Jr. running point guard, who can also give you a bucket, give you 50. Jalen Green, who uh, won all rookie team, uh, very deservingly so. You know, I don't think that this team has a lot of holes in terms of a rebuilding franchise when you draft someone like Bancaro, who could improve on the defensive end, but you already know you're getting a really good offensive player. Um, And I saw some comps to like Ben Simmons, just because he started out very small, kind of grew aggressively, has very good skills in terms of handling the ball because of, because of that. And also has good vision in passing the ball, but it's like opposite ends of the spectrum. Simmons is good at defense. Pell is good at offense. Um, And I think that that's one thing that Paul, that Steven Silas is going to have to work on through his team as a whole is getting them to play defense because now Christian Wood didn't really play defense either that much. Um, But now you really have all offensive guards and, and, offensive-minded players that got to figure it out. But I think if you're starting a franchise over, this is what you want. You get a guy that has high pedigree upside in Palo. Um, to me, the first three picks are pretty much decided. And then, as you stated, it gets interesting once we get to the Kings pick because you never know what the Kings are going to do. Absolutely. Uh, back to Pancaro for one second before we move on to the Kings. So the, the Ben Simmons comp is very interesting to me. Obviously, the offense-defense thing doesn't make a lot of sense. But no. the, the best thing that I had heard on Palo is – Big body Carmelo Anthony coming out of Q's. I like that better, way better. I, I when I heard that, I was like, oh, I totally get where where this is coming from. Uh, I and I I think he has the skill set. He is a dynamo offensively for being that young. And yeah, you saw you saw him in the game against Texas Tech in the Sweet Sixteen. Absolutely dominated the best defense in college basketball. So I, I would not be surprised to see him come in and have an immediate impact on offense. In fact. I think that he would probably be my pick for rookie of the year right now if he does end up in Houston. Yeah, so that I think landing spot, that's that's a great call. I mean, you'd probably get better value right now not knowing where the destinations are going to be. Um, but I think with the way he showed out at the end of the tournament there, or just in general, his tournament play, I think really put him on another echelon of this rookie class. And we talked about earlier is that this class doesn't have a ton of talent like deep throughout the the entire draft. So you know, if you're looking at the top five players, like Bancaro is certainly in that conversation. There's just be a concern of how much usage is he going to get with a bunch of ball, ball dominant guards that shoot a lot already. Um, you know, and I think he'll he'll find a way to to make it work. But you know, he's definitely going to be like probably the third or fourth option scoring there in Houston if he lands there. All right, so let's get to the fourth pick, the Sacramento Kings. 
We have no idea what they're going to do because it's the Sacramento Kings and they never make any sense anyways. The favorite right now is Jaden Ivey, minus 155, to create a backcourt with uh, De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell. Uh, also, Keegan Murray, plus 115. Dyson Daniels, plus 1,000. Shaden Sharp, plus 1,300. Benedict Matherin, plus 1,500. Do you think that they go Ivy? Do you think this is a trade? Or do you think that potentially maybe Keegan Murray gets in here, plus 115, given the fact that the Kings actually had Keegan Murray have dinner with De'Aaron Fox and see if there was going to be a fit there? I think also uh, Sabonis was at that dinner too. Um, I have no idea. It's, it's the Kings. But I would probably, if I were doing anything, I would probably put a, get, a bet against Ivy being picked here. And it would either be a trade or maybe I'd take a shot at just something random, like Dyson Daniels plus 1,000, Shaden Hunter plus 1,300, Matherin plus 1,500, and just sprinkle a little on each. You know, we, we didn't really talk about this at length before the podcast, but I was going to say, like, I, I, I agree with fading Jaden Ivey here because Davion Mitchell, I think, played really well at the end of the season there. And enough that, you know, they were probably saw it in practice, like, hey, I think we can we can make Tyrese Halliburton expendable. Let's build him up as the 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 – possibly the combo guard to Roman De'Aaron Fox. Um, I'm really intrigued by Keegan Murray here because Harrison Barnes is eventually going to be traded or, you know, his contract is going to, to expire here. So um, I think he, he slots in right now, you know, at his height and size, I think he's a prototypical uh, small forward power forward in this league. And with his just all around ability, I think that would bode really well with Sabonis and his, and his ability to not only be a passing big, but also like an unselfish passing big, but also looking for someone to take some of those reins on, on the creating on, on as well as De'Aaron Fox. So um, I think if they don't go guard, that would be a great choice for the Kings, but you can never tell. Like I, I don't, this could be a Jaden Ivey, uh, uh, definitely a good spot for him. And that's why he's the odds on favorite right now. But yeah, I think Keegan Murray and, and some of the, the other um, intangible stuff that you were talking about, like him having dinners with, you know, the prominent players of the franchise, like, I feel like those things can't go understated um, in their significance and what they want to do to make this pick. Now, all that being said, I think this pick, I think this trick, this, this pick is going to be traded because there's Ooh. other teams that are, that are further below that really could jump up to grab Jaden Ivy or whoever else they want. Like the Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon's on the block. Wouldn't be surprised if he was a chip um, to either the Pistons or, or the Sacramento Kings. Um, I mean, I, I don't think maybe actually Miles Turner is probably more intriguing there, but either way, they have assets to trade. So what team might surprise out of the woodworks here to move up to four? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings played a conservative here and move back, accumulate some more draft capital and still got the player ultimately that they're okay with getting, which could be another guard. Like maybe it's sharp. Maybe it's uh Dyson Daniel. We, we don't know. Um, I just know that they I just I have the feeling that Jaden Ivey is, is going to be a piece that they're going to probably dangle to try to get a little bit more draft capital and move back in this draft. Interesting. I'm wondering what Indiana's package would be from to move from six to four in order to get. I assume it would be for Jaden Ivey, which would yeah, make probably have to be like a three team trade because I feel like their assets aren't really anything that the Kings really need. Um yeah, so I don't know what other team they get involved there, but uh, yeah, there's got to be a trade here. 
Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to bank on it being the number four pick, but if they keep it, I think that they're going to do Keegan Murray here. So I like the value there at Keegan Murray. What was it? Plus 115. I see plus 155 yeah. on FanDuel. Um, so you could probably shop around to get that number, the right number for Keegan Murray. But I think he's a the, probably the best fit out of the prospects that are available on the board. So I went through the entire lottery and I picked out teams that I thought could make a trade. So I had four Kings, six Pacers. Yeah. And then Blazers, no. Pelicans, probably not. Spurs, probably not. Wizards, maybe. Knicks, You don't yes. think the Spurs are possibly going to do it with rumors of uh, DeJounte Murray possibly being available? Ooh, I haven't heard that one. Where, what's that rumor? Uh, he was throwing up eye emojis on Twitter yesterday, so it got, <laughs> it got the world buzzing. <laughs> they oh, would yeah. be forced so, to get rid of that, but I mean, I don't know. Like, depends on where the, the San Antonio Spurs are actually seeing their future here. But I, I mean, I would I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I would be surprised if they actually did end up trading him, being that he's a you know consideration for most improved player, all star, etc. Uh, number eleven, the Knicks. They want to trade <laughs> out of the pick. I have heard. Um, that's a squad that probably needs to move up i just don't know that they have the capital they they said that they don't want the rumors are and i'm listening to jonathan gavoni and some other people here yeah the rumors they don't want to trade up they want to trade out and get a actual player some sort of veteran for that that, uh trade if they stay there aj griffin from duke is their target uh yeah he has ties to leon rose at caa right Yeah. yeah uh the Thunder at 12. I've heard that they want to move up in the draft. They want to get to around pick six or seven, so they have another player targeted after potentially Chet Holmgren. Uh, the Hornets at 13. They're not trading 13. They want to trade 15 really badly for a veteran player, and then the Cavs at 14 look like they're going to stay in place. So that's what I've heard thus far on the trade market. Uh, does any of that stand out to you at all? Um. Knicks trading back, yeah. If they're if they're really eyeing AJ Griffin, um, the Hornets. I don't really know what they're to gain by a veteran. Like I don't know what veterans out there that would make that would improve their chances of being a a playoff contender. Um, the Thunder makes sense for them to want to move up, and they certainly have the assets to do so. Actually, that would probably be the the best candidate for the 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 Sacramento Kings, to be honest, because they could stockpile a bunch of future picks for next year's draft, which would probably be a good idea considering, well, I don't know. Maybe they think that they're in a win now mode with Sabonis, but I don't see how they could possibly ever think that they're, they're actually going to be a, a contending team uh, next season. But um, what was the other team that you mentioned there? You said the Pacers uh, also. Knicks, Knicks, Thunder, Hornets, Pacers, Kings were the teams that I had targeted for potential trades here. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'd say probably the most, most likely would probably be the thunder to mortgage some of those future assets that they have to move up, to grab another player in the top 10. Yeah. So here's the other question. If the thunder are going to move up, let's assume that they get Chet. Where do you think that they're targeting or what player do you think they're targeting? Because obviously Ivy is a rumor at two. I don't know if they could get to four. I mean, they could get to four. It's just a matter of how much. And if the Kings want to deal with the thunder does SGA giddy and Ivy make sense together given how good I uh, giddy is with the ball and passing the ball. And then you have also have SGA who needs the ball in his hands. Yeah. I was actually kind of curious about shading sharp around there. Um, I, I had a mock Ooh. to the, the Pacers right now, but at six, six in his freak at freakish athleticism, 
Um, I'm all I, I'm all in on the young dude. Like I, I feel like he would be a a, a great piece because they need like I feel like they need another scorer besides SGA. Like Giddy is solid, but like he's more of a distributor, right? So yeah, Sh- Sharp can easily play the three, and Lou Dort is still there, but I don't know. I feel like Lou Dort. Lou Dort is solid, but I still feel like they still need a, a like a, a a spark, and maybe he could come off the bench initially in the second unit and eventually earn more minutes to become a starter because he's super young. He's only nineteen years old, but you know this is the type of franchise altering like maneuvers you make. You you invest in young guys that have a lot of athleticism and upside. Played in a in a strong program like Kentucky, you know had a ton of talent around him and probably could have showed out if he went to another school. But, you know, when you're playing in Calipari, you're playing with all, you know, five-star recruits mostly. So um, I think that, that that would actually be an ideal landing spot if they wanted to grab him as that that second, probably a bench scorer, but eventually could um, trans, transform into an eventual starter at like the three or four, at like the two or the three. All right, let's move over to the fifth pick real quick, and then we'll get to some other bets that we've made. Uh, so fifth pick belongs to the Detroit Pistons. I think that if the Kings somehow pass on – Jaden Ivey, I would have to assume that Detroit would scoop him up really quickly. It seems like he'd be a great fit with Cade. If Ivey goes four, so Keegan Murray plus 130, Jaden Ivey plus 175, Benedict Matherin plus 175 here. I think that Matherin would be an awesome fit next to Cade at plus 175. That's kind of where I'm looking right now. So if there's any indication that Ivey is going to end up going fourth here, I think that what I want to bet is Matherin, fifth pick plus 175 and then take Keegan Murray over five and a half on his draft position, which is plus 190 at BetMGM and at DraftKings right now. Crushing it right now because uh, I had Matherin. That was my, one of my best bets was him Boom. at five plus 230 on FanDuel. Um, they just need a shooting guard. They had Josh Jackson last year. They drafted Killian Hayes a couple years ago. He has not panned out despite his size to be a legitimate shooting guard or, or point guard. That's why they got Cade Cunningham last year. 6'8", he is the de facto point guard. What do you need right there? You need a shooting guard. And, you know, he's Pac-12 player of the year, 17 points, six rebounds, almost three assists. Um, this guy's been moving up draft boards, and I think that this is the right fit for uh, the Pistons. And, you know, the Pistons also could be a, a team that might surprise and trade and be active on this this uh, NBA draft because Jeremy Grant's contract is still kind of lingering there. He was on the block late last season, didn't get moved. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did because they need to open up more time for for Beef Stew and, and Isaiah Stewart. Um, you know, they did pay Kelly Olenek a significant bag. They could also trade him, who's another guy that I think would be very appealing for contending playoff teams. They have uh, some solid options here. So I think Detroit, wise, if they're going to keep the pick, take Matherin. If you move it, you know, I think you got a couple of options here of moving some really, really solid players on on decent deals that could actually be uh, pretty fruitful for you for trying to rebuild and stack up some chips and assets. All right. So we think Jabari won, Chet two, Palo three. We think that Ivy will go four either to the Kings or via trade. Or via trade, yeah. Matherin five, and that probably leaves us with Keegan Murray going six to the Pacers. However, there are a couple other guys there that could be interesting. You talked about Shaden Sharp. We talked about Dyson Daniels. Those odds, I do not have the six pick odds in front of me right now, but that may be another interesting angle. Um, Why don't we transfer over to some of your other bets that you have uh, pinned right now that you're looking to make? 
Yeah, I think my my best bet is Jalen Duren over ten and a half. Um, it's just a minus one thirty eight, but I, I just don't see a place in the top um, in the top eleven selections that a big man of his caliber would go. He's more of a traditional big, like a back to the basket guy, which honestly they're they're just fading out of the league at this point. Um, and so like ten and a half just seems a little bit rich for the top ten. So like. To me, the only opportunity that I see is Portland. And that's depending on whether they want to pay Yusuf Nurkic or not. And given the way that the Portland Trailblazers look right now, they have a, a coach in Char- Chauncey Billups. Damian Lillard has committed yet yet again. He was injured last season, so consider that anomaly. Anthony Simons really showed out um, and showed what he could do on the basketball court. And they have a stockpile of wings. So I think if he's going to land somewhere, it would probably be with Portland. I just gotta think that at this point you can't invest in a traditional big that high in the draft now duran certainly has a a a solid skill set very physical i've seen comps compared to like a poor man's dwight howard you know defensively for what he can do um you know didn't really get to show out that much in memphis but you know i think i think he'll be a good pick but i just don't like him going um anywhere before the first 10 picks i just don't see the upside outside of anywhere other than Portland. All right. Uh, I like that one angle. I, I think that that would make a lot of sense. And I do think that he's in contention to be taken by the Knicks at 11. So yeah, especially because they have to decide what they want to do with Mitchell Robinson, who's eligible for a new contract. Um, I think he could certainly fit there um, if they want to get a, a more solidified big to kind of protect the paint there. All right. Uh, let's see the next bet that I have on here. So we talked about, Jabari one, Chet two, Powell three. I bet all those. Benedict Matherin and Jaden Ivey at fifth. I bet yep. those. Oh, here we go. Jeremy Sochan uh, under uh, Sochan Sohan, whatever the hell his name is, the guy from Baylor with the <laughs> that tried to get into every fight versus UNC <laughs> in the comeback game, the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, under twelve and a half, minus one seventy five. I think there's a chance that he gets taken at eight, nine, ten, eleven, or twelve. I think he's in play all the way up to number eight. Uh, so I love this minus 175. I think it should be minus 250 on the under 12 and a half for Sohan. What do you think? Uh, you, you touched on it a little bit, but what do you think of AJ Griffin under 11 and a half, possibly to the Knicks there with that CAA connection? Dicey, that it plus has to money. Be. It's, at, it's at plus money still. So I'm like, hmm, I'm, I'm intrigued. All right. So let's go through it. So we're through the Pacers pretty much with they're either going to go Sharp, Daniels, or Murray, or Matherin yep. probably. So he's off right. the board there. Blazers probably aren't going to take him. Pelicans doesn't seem like he'd be a nice fit for them. No. Spurs are definitely not taking AJ Griffin. That's Although, for sure. why don't I'm you like sure. the Pelicans? Why don't you like the Pelicans at eight? I think that the Pelicans are going to go more defense than offense. They With Zion coming okay. back, Ingram there, I, I think that they're going to end up. That's why I kind of like the Sohan move there or someone okay. with some more defensive abilities. They need someone yeah. that can be like there. I, I hate to use it because he he's such a unicorn, but like the Draymond green, the guy that can facilitate offensively and play, you know, positionless defensively. I think that's right. the type of guy that really glues that entire team together. I don't think that they need another wing scorer. It doesn't really make sense to me. Right. Uh, Spurs aren't taking him. Wizards. Maybe wizards are always a wild card. I have no idea what they're going to do. They would be, well, the they issue. just stockpiled all of their small forwards too. Cause I mean, they got Denny Avita, they got Rui Hachimura, they uh, they drafted they drafted Cody or um, what's his name uh, Kispert last year. So I mean, was it Cody Kispert? I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, so Kispert. yeah, they don't they don't they don't need another three. 
Okay, so then you're at the Knicks. That's 11. So it's basically, do you think the Knicks will take him? And why would I bet the under plus money there when I could just go and bet the Knicks who they're going to take with the first pick? Yeah, so right. Actually, Better value, right? I actually might have this right here. Uh, give me a second. I think I saw it, the Knicks first pick. Here we go. AJ Griffin plus six hundred. He is the favorite, but why wouldn't I just go bet that plus six hundred? Yeah, yeah, bet that. For the next way, way better value, right? Exactly. Yeah, so I'd rather take the sprinkle on that than even if I'm getting what is it under eleven and a half plus one ten plus one twenty. Yeah. Okay, so I'd rather just take the plus six hundred on the Knicks and do it that way. And now that you're talking about it, I might have to do that. that but definitely. that would be the best. <laughs> about the, I'm definitely sprinkling that now. That that's definitely the one. What, what book do you find that at? Um, at I'm not MGM? to say. No, it, it oh, might be. A it's little out there. Offshore, a little <laughs> offshore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's available at at somewhere probably around that number. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Another one that I have on the board that we'll flip back to you. So I talked about the Keegan Murray over five and a half plus 165. I've seen that as high as plus 190. Uh, I like that one a lot based on what we talked about in terms of the order in the top five. Uh, Ogbaji from Kansas over 13 and a half minus 140. He's a guy that I think is very likely to end up at either 14 with the Cavs or 15 with the Hornets. He makes sense there, but he doesn't really make sense to me before that point. And he's the type of guy who I could see slipping in here. He's a three and D guy, not much more, a little bit older. Uh, I would, I would see him. I think he's going to fall out of the lottery or at least close to the end of it. Yeah. uh, I've actually been wondering where Agbaji is going to go because, you know, even though he went on that tournament run, uh, he's uh, he's he's not that. I don't know. I, I feel like he's not the prototypical shooting guard right now that you would go as a lottery pick. Um, what is his age? I feel like he's not. Was he like twenty two? I don't think he's super young. He had to been on Kansas for two or three years, right? Yeah, uh, he's twenty two. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, at this point, you're gonna pay paying for a 22 year old at that stage. Like I, I feel like you could take flyers on a kid. That's like 2019, something like that with a little bit more upside and better, better intangibles. Now he was a gamer, but he also played on a really good team. So I'd be curious to see, I haven't really read up too much on his workouts and how they've been going, but with his um, just looking at a couple of books, his, his over is juiced pretty heavily um, almost to minus 200 at, at some places. So I think this is a guy that's definitely sliding um, down draft boards. Uh, do you have any other bets that you want to throw out there before we head out of here? Um, I'm looking at the top 10 market here. Uh, I want to get your thoughts in the top 10. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts on, uh, Ty Ty, Ty Ty Washington. I I don't think he's going to the top 10. Uh, definitely not going top 10, but, but just over under right now is like 17 and a half. Uh, let's see right here. So I've been using Gavoni and. Sorry, Sam Vicente from uh, Athletic. It was kind of my baseline. Yeah, Vicini, yeah. Yeah, Vicini, sorry. Uh, They have him 22 to Memphis. And let's see, uh, 19 to Minnesota. And I believe the market's 17 and a half on him. So. Yeah, looking at that over. Yeah, definitely. Let me make sure that I'm getting this right. DraftKings. Has Ty Ty at over 19 and a half now, juiced a little bit towards the over. So it seems like, wow, based on those two that were at 19, 22, see what your other guy had 
18 uh, was uh, was uh, Brandon. So okay. probably a stay away from me then. Uh, 17 and a half, if you see that number anywhere, would definitely be an over. I saw that earlier this week, but obviously it seems like the market's at 19 and a half right now. And do you think there's any chance that Johnny Davis can sneak into the top 10? Yeah, I do. I have Johnny Davis right now in my mock at number nine to the Spurs, and I think there's a chance 10 to the Wizards also, although given the, the Wizards' small forward thing, it depends if you think that Davis is a two or a three. I'm yeah. not sure that it matters as much anymore, but I do think there's a chance that he goes nine to the Spurs. Maybe he's a guy at eight to the Pelicans, a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. Um, but I would guess that nine to the Spurs is probably a decent landing spot for him. What's the odds on that right now? Uh, so he's minus 200. I'm seeing on one book. Uh, let me look at another one. So yeah, that's that's. I mean, he's uh the fourth shortest odds to uh, be a top ten pick. So minus uh, two hundred might be of, interesting. Yeah. All right. The other yeah, best this, that tra- I have this on- draft is going to get yeah. really interesting into like after lottery fourteen through twenty through thirty. Like almost like I, it, it's going to be so hard to to project. Um, because I think most of these guys are really going to be like fringe bench roles early on and then maybe they can carve out a role as the years progress but like i don't i don't think that this is a very substantial draft class in terms of like hard hitting cornerstone cornerstone franchise players um which makes it always difficult to bet on right so i feel like the the real value is like all right what happens in the first three that we've already talked about then it's i'm gonna have we're gonna have a lot of fun through that four through i think uh 10 range where it's gonna be a lot we'll we'll see we'll see if teams will disappoint us but i think it's gonna be pretty interesting the other bets that I've made thus far, Jaden Hardy over 23 and a half. Uh, okay. Andrew Nemhard from Gonzaga plus 300 to end up in the first round. Remember, there's only 28 picks in the first round this year. Right. Uh, but I, I think that he'd end up in the first round. Uh, Jeremy Sohan to be drafted ahead of Mark Williams. So Sohan is 12 and a half. Mark Williams is 14 and a half. Mine's 300. Probably a little bit too spicy there, but I think Sohan's going to end up being a top 10 pick. Uh that's it for me right now. Although, let's get this daily dozen on the board. Let's run through this really quickly before we head let's out do of here. It. All right. Keegan Murray draft position five and a half over under. Gonna go over. I'm on the over two again, plus 190, plus 165 at different books. Go ahead and bet that now. Benedict Matherin draft position six and a half. We're both taking under here. He is going number five under. All right. So I think that's minus 250 at some places. Uh, Dyson Daniels draft position seven and a half. The seventh pick belongs to the Blazers. Eighth is the Pelicans. Ooh, is this the man that slides? I'm gonna go over. All right. Um, I let's see his draft position right now over under seven and a half, over plus 140, under minus 170. So they think he's probably gonna end up mm. either at the Pacers or the could Blazers be a Pacer. Here. Yeah, I'll follow the juice here and go the under. Uh, Shaden Sharp draft position seven and a half. His line right now is over under seven and a half over minus one ninety five. So I'll lean towards the over here. Um, although there, I think there is a real chance that he ends up six to the uh, Pacers. Yeah, that's where I was aiming for that. I, I like the under there. We talked about this. Your lock of the entire draft over on Jalen Dern draft position ten and a half. Get the hell out of there. Over. Johnny Davis, draft position 10 and a half. We talked about this. Minus 200 to be a top 10 pick in this draft. I'm going to take the under here. I think he goes nine to the Spurs. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going under. All right. 
Ozma and Jang, uh, draft position 11 and a half. I've seen a lot of rumors that if the Thunder stay there at 12, they would take him, but 11 is the Knicks. Doesn't seem like someone the Knicks would take, so it's more like, is this a Pelicans pick at eight? Is this a Spurs pick at nine? Maybe Wizards at 10? Uh, what are you thinking? Oh, man. There's always a surprise that creeps up in there, man. I'm going to take the under here and and, and assume that uh, one of those late back-end top uh, 10 teams will uh, will select him uh, under 11 and a half minus 135 at DraftKings right now AJ Griffin draft position 11 and a half we talked about this a bunch just bet this if you believe the under bet the Knicks plus 600 I think that I'm going to end up on the over here though same I'm going to bet the Knicks but not the over under so I'm going to take the over I'm going to think I think he's going to oh. slide a bit definitely has injury concerns hold on no, that didn't work. Sorry, I was trying to put together something magical in my head. It didn't work. Uh, so, <laughs> so hand draft position, 12 and a half. Obviously, I think this is my... Here, I'll put it on the board. This is my lock of the, the draft. Hey. Under 12 and a half. We locking it. All right. Uh, Mark Williams draft position, 14 and a half. Uh, that means lottery, Cavs, and 14 Hornets at 15. I'm going to go over that. Uh, over 13 and a half is his draft at, uh, DraftKings right oh. now. Minus, minus 210 though, to be the over. So, and I, and I think that the Cavs, there's no reason for the Cavs to draft Mark Williams, a, a big guy. So no. I think that 14 would probably end up being what I say. Agbaji is a good fit there. So Correct. I'll take mm-hmm. the over 14 and a half. Also speaking of the devil, uh, 14 and a half. So I bet this number at 13 and a half, which I think yeah, is I was gonna say 13 and a half seems like the right number for Agbaji. Yeah. But now the number is 14 and a half. I would take the, I'd probably take the under there. I, I really think he's going to end up in Cleveland. I think the under makes sense. And I like the fit in Cleveland, just given how much this, that, that half court offense really struggled to generate buckets and Karis Levert will be back next year. And, and I think Sexton will also be returning unless he's on the block again. So um, they, they, they could still use a, a scoring punch. So I like a shooting guard going there. So yeah, I'm gonna take the under as well. All right. Last one for daily dozen tomorrow. Brandman draft position, 14 and a half. I haven't heard much about him at all. I'll take the over, uh, but he would maybe someone to be a surprise minus 170, the over 14 and a half right now. I haven't heard much about him either. So I'm gonna take the over. All right. That does it. We have gone through the entire NBA draft. We are excited to bet it on it tomorrow. Uh, follow us on social media at Dan Titus at Jason Gold 24. I'm sure we will be tweeting out all of our picks and you can head over to the action network. Go listen to buckets. Go listen to all of Dan's stuff for more takes on the NBA in general, as we head into free agency and the NBA draft as we head into tomorrow. Any got any uh, last words for the people out there? Yeah. When we talk about some season long NFL props, as soon as the <laughs> NBA draft is over, baby, it's time. It's time. My projections are almost ready. I'm ready to start putting some season-long props on the Hell line. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. I uh, can't wait for that. Good luck with all of your bets tomorrow. And be sure to play Daily Dozen and Big Board Showdown with us up until uh, tomorrow afternoon. See you guys there.